Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dietetics Anonymous podcast. I am your host, Kayla Abella, also known as NutriK Wellness on Instagram. I'm a holistic nutritionist, and I am passionate about holistic wellness practices and herbalism. In this podcast, we chat all things health, wellness, and nutrition, and I will have a special variety of guests as well as some personal experience podcasts. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dietetics Anonymous podcast. I am your host, Kayla Abella, also known as NutriK, and today is a very, very quick little chat that I want to have about something that I have been on for a about, I want to say two years now. Um, it's called Lexapro. It's an antidepressant, a um, SSRI, which stands for serotonin reuptake, oh wait, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So essentially what this medication does is it is used to treat depression and anxiety. Um, it helps by restoring the balance of serotonin in the brain, which is the, I would call it the happy hormone. And um, essentially after taking it over a long period of time, it's supposed to restore this uh, serotonin in your brain and give you kind of the building blocks for improving your mood, your functioning, and your well-being. So for me personally, I started taking Lexapro due to my crippling anxiety that I've had for quite some time now. I think it started getting really intense around middle school into high school, but I would say college is where I started to realize, you know, I probably should be taking something because it was affecting my um, digestive health because I was getting nauseous and kind of feeling off in general because of how much anxiety I had. It was affecting my social life. I felt like it was hard for me to go out with my friends. Certain things were bothering me, like, which these problems I still am continuing to have, but I'll kind of go into that a little bit more detail. But essentially, I felt like every aspect of my life was affected by my anxiety and I needed something to kind of give me a boost to help me fix this on my own. Which I came to this conclusion with the help of my healthcare provider, which again, or I haven't said this before, but I've said this to my friends and family, like I don't want to put any blame or point fingers or accuse or like concoct any kinds of like conspiracies surrounding this. But I feel like my healthcare providers um, in my life have tended to prescribe me things for a quick fix. And although when I came into the doctor's office asking my doctor for this medication, because I had done prior research, um, I was the driving force behind it because I really just wanted the anxiety to stop, which I think in that sense, my doctor did the right thing. And she really was like, you know what, this is what's best for you. But I think through growth and developing my own perspective on health and what health means to me, I've come to more of a realization that I don't feel comfortable with the the easiness of getting a medication prescribed to you in this society. So I think that's part of the reason why I kind of wanted to come on here and chat about my experience with this medication, just so that everybody has that autonomy so they can really do their research listen to what other people have to say and come up with these solutions on their own before running to the doctor and kind of asking for this medication because it is easy to get. You can ask your doctor and 
I would say 99% of the time they'll prescribe it to you because it it hasn't shown to have any long-term negative effects, but um, I'll get a little bit more into the research on that in a bit because when I first started researching it, I mean, I say research, I looked it up a few times and I was like, you know what, I'm sick of this anxiety, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take this, I want to be able to go out with my friends, I want to not have nausea all the time, like, I want to be good, I don't want to have these panic attacks all the time, I want to just relax, and um, that's what it promised to do, and I I don't really know if it did that much for me, I mean, I definitely feel like my anxiety is a little bit more under control, but in the same token, I've completely done a 180 on my life since I would say beginning of college, late high school. I am eating more nutritious, fresh, wholesome foods. I exercise more, especially since I started dating Tim about three years ago. I mean, he's a personal trainer, so it makes it a little bit easier for me to be on my workout grind. (laughs) And I really prioritized my self-care in the sense that I make sure that when I need to go and get a massage or go and get a facial. I have money in my budget for that. And I make sure that I prioritize my self-care in the sense that like, I've been better at telling people, no, like I'm tired. I kind of want to stay home. Or if there's something that I feel like I just can't mentally do, um, I will push it off a little bit. So like I'm being more gentle with myself and that's really given me a lot of strength back in the terms of my anxiety, as well as things like taking walks and just getting fresh air, having healthier relationships, kind of taking people out of my life who might have caused a little bit of anxiety, which has been difficult, but just prioritizing friendships and relationships that make me feel healthy, wholesome, happy, and just pure positive energy, no negative energy. And I think that's all of these things have contributed to me feeling better in my anxiety. So I I can't really attribute most of that to the medication because I don't know where the this kind of change in my life has come from. But I do have to say, I did not, I mean, I didn't expect this to happen, but it wasn't like a, a switch flipped and I felt great the minute I started taking this. I still sh- struggled, I would say, about a year into taking this medication. So I really don't know the full spectrum of the effects that it had on my body in terms of anxiety, but I do know what it did to me in terms of other things. So let's kind of dive into that for now. So I would say, um, let's call it three months ago, I decided that I wanted to go off this medication. And I would say about like a year or so ago, I really, really took a deep dive into the world of holistic functional medicine, herbalism, and just living from the earth. And I took this dive because I spent about eight months, I think was my rotation. Yeah, eight months working in a clinical setting. I was working at a hospital for my dietetic internship, which for those who don't know, in order to become a dietitian, you have to go through different inpatient and outpatient rotations just to gain insight and knowledge working in different positions that a dietitian would work in. So I was in the hospital and A lot of what I saw was honestly horrific, and it really made me think about the way that we treat sick people, especially in the United States, and I became very, very passionate about 
straying away from that westernized medicine culture where it's like pain management and here's like this pill this will just knock everything out and like I I think one of the videos this is more recent this video but like this just brought me back to my um my time working at the hospital, which I did have a hospital job while I was in college too, because in order to get into the dietetic internship, you had to do all this like extracurricular stuff. So I was working as a diet assistant at a hospital for a little over a year um, prior to this. So I remember like having this discussion with my clinical nutrition manager at the time, but the video that I saw a few, I think this was like a month ago, was this she's like a holistic person and she also has her extreme like views so I don't really necessarily recommend her judgment on everything but she said this and it just related I related so well to it but she was like I'll go to a hospital when they stop and she's referring to America American hospitals um she's like I'll go to a hospital when they stop giving people who have like inflammatory conditions inflammatory foods And I was like, oh my God, like that's how I felt when I was working in the hospital. I had patients with cardiac arrest or heart failure, liver failure, kidney failure on dialysis. And they're giving them like this processed like jello and burgers and fries and chicken nuggets. And it just blew my mind. And then they were like, well, the healthy option for today is the beef with the like mashed potatoes out of a packet and like all this stuff. And I'm like, I know that there, it, this is much deeper than I'm portraying it because I know there's money that's involved in it. And I know that they have to cook it to a certain degree and it has to be some kinds of food because of like health and hazard with like um, hazard analysis, critical control points and everything. So like I understand that this is deeper than skims the surface of what I'm saying. But I also understand that when you look it up, other countries, she actually, in the video, the girl brings up, I think it's Korea, I believe, but there are other countries out there who still, like, they manage to have functioning hospitals, but they provide their patients with things like miso soup and healing broths, like bone broth, and they make sure that their patients are getting massages every day or acupuncture, and they talk about breathing meditation. Like, they implement these ancient, ancient, like, granted, holistic medicine has been around way longer than westernized medicine. So I just found it very shocking that we kind of moved over to this space where we're just giving people these foods that are going to keep them in the hospital longer. And I've had patients say that to me before. I I remember specifically this one patient was furious that I, I mean, it it was, it was annoying that he was yelling at me about it because I was like, I just work here. I didn't like create the menu. But um, he was like screaming at me because I was reading the menu and he's like, why do you have like burgers? Like, why are you offering me this? Like, don't you have like a salad? Like, don't you have any like fresh fruits or vegetables like you're gonna kill me and he was like mad and I was like honestly you should be mad because this is messed up and that's when I brought it to my clinical nutrition manager who kind of told me to where I could shove my (laughs) opinion because it's just it's out of our hands at that level but I really urge and encourage everyone listening or just people out there if you know anybody who has similar experiences to really speak out about those experiences and 
maybe the more we speak out, maybe the bigger changes can be made. I mean, I really, I have to say, I come from a place of ignorance in the sense that I really don't know what goes in to running a functioning hospital in the sense of like money. And I know like they have to produce a certain amount of food because they have a lot of um, patients, especially with COVID and everything. So that, that definitely is a part of ignorance on my, on my part. But I really do wonder about the way that they are able to run hospitals in other countries in such a holistic and healing and preventative manner. Well, in this country, we seem to really focus on pumping them in, pumping them out. Like, get them in the hospital, give them all the drugs, give them the jello, and then let them leave. And our turnaround rates, in, and what I mean by turnaround rates is like the amount of people who leave the hospital and come back are astronomically high. I actually wonder if I can look that up. What is turnaround? But while I look that up for hospitals in USA. Yeah. Um Turnaround rate for hospitals in the USA. Oh, I should say patient. <laughs> Cuz they're like telling me how many people quit. <laughs> um I think it's really high. Well, I can't find it. I think it's somewhere around like 68 or something but look that up and feel free to message me on instagram or email me and let me know the number so that i can actually maybe i'll post that on my instagram just to kind of reflect that and reflect how important this is but i've gone off on kind of like a tangent here but just to kind of reel it back to the ssris and why this kind of triggered me to stop taking lexapro so i felt like Lexapro and again this is all my opinion this is something that I personally believe in this is not word everybody has their own opinions everything works differently for other like everybody but for me personally I felt like Lexapro was masking the real core issue which was my gut health and what I like the way I was living my lifestyle I think that it was kind of putting a band-aid over something rather than letting it heal and I did not feel like myself I didn't feel like I could really express my emotions anymore I felt like I was either too emotional at the wrong times like I something felt wrong so I was like you know what let me try to go off of it because I feel like I really have the strength now I feel like my I've gotten things a little bit under control I was at I'm at the point where I started my business, I finished my internship, and I finished college. So I was like, you know what, maybe now is the time to really just embark on this journey on my own without the medication. And I honestly, I'm at the point where I'm really trying to get rid of all medications in my life, which I got rid of birth control, which I can have a whole nother podcast episode on that because I I have a lot to say about birth control. Not as nice. The things I have to say about birth control are not as nice about as the things I say about Lexapro, but that'll be another episode. And I am trying to get off of Omniprozole as well. So it's a journey. I've been on a lot of medications at the ripe age of 24. So I feel like 
am definitely overdue for living a medication-free life. So here I am going off of Lexapro and I tried about three months ago and failed because the minute I went off of it, I started to feel horrendously dizzy, nauseous, um, anxious. It was, it was a, a disaster. I messaged my doctor and of course she was like, well, why would you want to stop? It's working for you. I think you should just continue. And I was like, you know what? I don't really feel like dealing with this right now. I'll just continue. So a few months go by, I continue. And again, I get this like overarching feeling. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like, I don't want to be on this medication. Like, I just want to stop it. I don't want anything to do with it. So this time, rather than just kind of going cold turkey and just saying, you know what, I I don't want to take it anymore. I messaged my doctor and I said, you know what, I really want to get off this medication. What's the proper way to do so? And she was supportive. Um, Again, I love my doctor. She's really sweet. I just feel like I needed to be off of this medication despite her opinion on how, like, the importance of it in my life at this time. So she was like, all right, well, you can go off of it. Um, she said to cut the pills in half to wean off. I did that. I weaned off for about a week and a half to two weeks, and then I was off the medication. But that's not where it ends. So, (laughs) um, after weaning off of this medication, I would say about two days later, I was standing in my boyfriend's kitchen, and I literally felt like somebody had taken... I, I keep using this reference. I don't know how many of you know this reference from out there, but... Um, I don't know if you've ever had those prank like zap things where you put like a zap button on your hand and you shake someone's hand and it gives them a little electric shock. It's like not painful or anything. It's just a shock. But I felt like somebody was sticking one of those to my brain, literally like and I'm standing there. I had no idea what this was. So I'm like, oh, crap, like I'm having a seizure or like an aneurysm. I was like, it's happening. I don't like I don't know what to do. So I call my boyfriend. He's upstairs. I'm like oh my god, like, I'm I'm dying, like, my brain is electrocuted, like, and he's like, what are you talking about, and he's like, sit down, like, it's fine, like, you're fine, so, of course, me over here dramatic, I'm like, oh my god, I'm dying, and him, more logical, he looks it up, and he's like, did you stop taking your antidepressants, and I was like, yeah, and he was like, this is, like, the number one symptom for that, and I was like, ugh, so, just long story short, that progressed, so I, was getting these so they're called brain zaps which my doctor and other doctors out there um that I've read online they say that this is normal this happens with coming off of antidepressants blah 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 but I dove a little bit into the research surrounding it and the medical field has absolutely no idea what those things are why do they happen they don't know what's happening when that happens and that to me is a little bit concerning I don't know why this medication would cause that but Again, it comes from a place of ignorance. I, I don't study pharmacology, for, I think it's pharmacology, um, or how medications affect me, but coming from a natural perspective and just looking at the basics and the way earth and nature works, I just feel like that's a very unnatural reaction to coming off of an unnatural drug. So I would say it took about three weeks for the brain zaps to go away, and even today, like, Eh, like I would say yesterday I maybe got like one but in the beginning for the first like two weeks and even I just came back from a vacation throughout the whole vacation it was horrific brain zaps like every like 
I don't know, five minutes maybe, I was getting like a zap. And it feels like, again, the electrocution on the brain, followed by some dizziness, a little bit of vertigo, and I was consistently nauseous, I was anxious, I felt like my emotions were completely out of whack, like, I was angry for, like, <laughs> I, like most of the vacation at nothing, <laughs> then I was, like, really sad, and I was like, I feel like I need to cry, and then I was really happy, and I was like, this is just a roller coaster, man, and... I would say I started to feel pretty, like, back to normal, um, I would say the last three days, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good now, my emotions feel a little bit more under control, I also missed my period because of all of these emotions, and it arrived, I would say, two weeks late, so that was a little concerning, um, so I just, I had these extreme reactions from coming off this medication, and I started doing some research just on SSRIs. Like, why does this happen? Like, why am I having these extreme reactions? Like, why was my body so dependent on this medication that, like, this happened? Because when you read about it in the first place, what it does is it increases the serotonin. So I'm like, why is that causing all these withdrawal symptoms? Like, don't I know naturally produce serotonin? And even if I only produce a little, like, is it that big deal to have a little more? So there's unfortunately not a lot of research on this, like the withdrawal symptoms and everything. But I do, I did read about like research in terms of the long-term effects of being on SSRIs because they did say that the longer you're on it, the longer your withdrawal is. Um, and according to different research um, platforms such as NCBI and um, I forget the other one. I think the two that I was looking at, I, they have like, a, there's like a psychology one. Um, there's long-term effects of SSRI use, such as weight gain, sleep disturbance, um, emo like disturbed emotional patterns, um, issues with your gut health. It can affect your gut microbiome. Um, there's some people that were researching saying that it can cause issues um, with brain health. So, there was some fear of it increasing the risk of dementia in people. Um, people were worried about your heart health, risks of cancer. So these were all kind of like mild speculations and research that don't really hold any water yet because they don't have enough research backing it. But again, I feel like these are some red flags considering my body had such a severe reaction to stopping this SSRI. I did have a lot, a lot, a lot of weight gain over the past, <clears throat> excuse me, over the past, I would say two years, which is pretty much the length that I've been on this medication or that it's really been affecting me. So I can somewhat in my mind attribute my weight gain to that, um, considering I have been eating a little bit more wholesome in the past few years and I've been exercising more often, so it's kind of a little bit odd that I had this weight gain. Um, I do think that my sleep has been not great for the past few years, and I've been sleeping like a baby ever since the zap stopped, so like the past few days I've really been like just knocking out. Um, and I felt like I was having issues with memory, which they say they attribute it like they say it's brain fog. Um, which I feel like I definitely was having a lot of issues with that, and I'm hoping that that's restored since I've been off of it, and I was only on it for 
two years, three years, somewhere around there, which a lot of people are on it for like decades, which is where the problem lies and which is where the research really takes off, kind of trying to figure out why are people having these effects? How does it affect you if you're on it for like such a long period of time? Um, and why are people having these symptoms when they come off of it? So it's something I'd like to monitor, um, research that I'd like to kind of keep an eye out for, read more about, because I am really interested in the effects of these medications on people because a lot of my clients are actually on these types of medications. And most of the time they utilize them because they have something like IBS or they just have a nervous stomach. So if they have anxiety or depression, it does affect their gut health. So I would like to look more into that and see how that affects them. And of course, I'll never come from a place of telling my client, you, you got to get off this medication because that's not my place. That's the place for a doctor. But I will always provide education and information for my clients so they can make that decision on their own. And since I am a holistic nutritionist, I do believe that there is a way to find relief and help your life and just improve your overall well-being in the natural sense without the use or reliance on medications. And I know that a lot of people or most people that I talk to, that is their dream. They don't want to be on the medications. They want to be able to just live free and not rely on these um, hormones and medications and all these things to feel good. So that's something I really strive to help people with because especially after my experience with this medication and everything I've been through on it, I think that it's important to really help people find their path the natural way. So Thank you all so much for kind of listening to my little rant here. And if you guys have any questions, comments, if you find that percentage of people, the patient turnover in hospitals, uh, let me know. You can always reach me at NutriKWellness at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram, NutriKWellness. That's my at. And I also have an Instagram um, more primarily for pediatric nutrition and picky eating. That's the picky.eatingnutritionist. And there's dots in between each word. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. That's a wrap. Thank you all so much for listening. You can connect with me on Instagram at NutriKWellness or via my website, www.NutriKWellness.com. You can also shoot me an email at NutriKWellness at gmail.com. I wish you all an amazing rest of your day and amazing rest of the week. See you next time.